what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focusing on home technology, helping provide you and our fellow brothers and sisters in tech with some assistance and discussion along the way. Today on Brothers in Tech, it's no secret, we're all fans of the Mac here on Brothers in Tech Show. And the Mac operating system is continuing to evolve. So how does the Mac operating system, Mac OS, shape up now? And what's some of our hopes for it in the future? Hi, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. Alan Jackson with you again. Uh, and my brother in tech, my actual live brother in tech, uh, Brian Jackson. Brian, how you doing, man? I am. I am good, Alan. Uh, it's good to be back and to do kind of a topic that I think both of us are very interested in and passionate about. Uh, I'm sure it'll be nice and quick, you know, as our podcasts usually are, right? Just Absolutely. In and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we won't very, ramble very at all. <laughs> very short. <laughs> I would say you could listen to in your commute, but that is if you have a fairly lengthy commute to get to. Yep. No, we'll, we'll try to keep it free target. I think we can do okay with this. Um, Brian, Brian is a uh, professor of kinesiology at Pacific University and product director with Synaptic. And uh, he's also living on the other end of the country. So this is our chance to get together and talk technology. And we hope share some information and knowledge with our listeners um, that they can use in their own home or family tech situation. We also have a guest with us today. Once again, we've invited him back because he's just, uh, we've, we've had a great time talking with him. It's Chris Fry. Uh, Chris is a media producer with Jackson Creative and also the co-founder of the Foot Candle Film Society, Foot Candle Film Festival, and co-host, as he reminded me last time, of the Foot Candle Films podcast here on the Mesh.TV and fellow Mac addict. Chris, how you doing? I am doing good, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about the Mac OS because I I love it, but I can always see room for improvement. So I'm okay. Good room is there for that's why we love having Chris Fry here because Chris is dropping the hot takes, man. Yeah, he, hot uh, takes like right out of the first gate. First episode you came in and talked about streaming stuff, you were just dropping it quick on Netflix, and we love that. <laughs> That's good. We want that kind of uh, we want that kind of energy here. So yeah, what was it he said? He said Netflix doesn't have enough content for him, and you know he needs more. <laughs> He's already watched it all. I just can't. I can't. I, I finished Netflix last night. Yeah. Um. So the Mac operating system. What is the official yeah. term of it now? I mean, they've kind of moved from OS ten. Yeah. OS it eleven. Is now what is OS eleven? Big right? Sur. Big yeah, Sur. National parks now, right? Yeah. Yep. So yep. for anybody who's got a Mac at home, you know, if you've got one that's been released in the last several years, um, this is a the operating system you probably have either already upgraded to or you're being encouraged strongly by by Apple to do so. They do have a pretty good adoption rate of whenever they put out a new version of the OS. It's been super easy and convenient to do so. Um, and I will say from experience, it's also been fairly safe to do it when they release the new versions. I haven't seen any in the last several years where they've rolled out a new version and it's just broken things left and right and made things tough. Um, 
So they there's, do, always, there's always okay. cases. There's always cases, right? Uh, but yeah, for the most part, when they when Apple puts it out, you know, you well, can I'm really curious what you guys. Oh, I'm curious what you guys think of the Mac operating system. I know I've been using it since version one, I guess. I mean, when the original Mac came out in 1984, I was using it. So I've used every iteration of the Mac operating system since it came about. Uh, Brian, I think you're probably close on that as well. Yep. Chris, I don't know your history, but I know at least since you and I have known each other, you've been on a Mac. And that's been a good, what, 20 years? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So let me just ask you guys, kind of what's your what's your relationship with the Mac OS right now? Love, hate, do you feel like it is a better operating system than it's been in the past? Or do you feel like it's actually slipped somehow for any reason? Brian, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, well, obviously, I'm I'm very passionate about uh, using Macs, and um, and interestingly, I've got a, a PC here, uh, a Dell laptop to my to the side that I, I'm doing some uh, some some work with, and um, and I will say that's gotten better. That's gotten much more Mac like, I think, recently. Um, but uh, no, I'm still a big fan of of the Mac. Other, as Chris said, there's a number of things probably because I'm so into it, and I think a lot about, um, you know, I, I try to push the the computer a little too quick sometimes and do things that it, I, I get a lot of frustrations. Uh, and some of the uh, some of the more recent updates to me frustrated me, but just small little things changed that that frustrated me. Um, but I think for the most part, it's still it's pretty solid. Um, I think some things have changed recently in terms of, you know, being able to, um, uh, you know, change between apps, uh, you know, learning kind of the, the way that Mac wants you to navigate, you know, and being able to use keystrokes and all of that. And I think once you get into that ecosystem and you learn those things, then I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a, just a super slick uh, OS to, to use. I think that's one thing that Mac does that Apple's never really done very well. And I think purposely, you know, when you, you get an iPhone, it gives you a little bit of instruction at the beginning, but a lot of the little features you don't learn until you just play with it, right? They don't actually say, hey, by the way, did you know that if you press and hold this and do this, this will happen? You know, you'll find those things out much later on. And um, and I think same thing goes with the OS. I mean, there's a lot of things still that I don't use, things like you know, changing different desktops and swiping between things and going between the, um, you know, the status bars and all these. I think there's a lot of things there that I don't use just because I'm set in the way that I, I do things. But it's, uh, there's, a, I mean, it's, it's super solid for the most part. Um, there's some quirks I have, but yeah, I'm still, I'm very wedded to it for sure. Chris, Chris what about you? Yeah. Your thoughts on the Mac OS? So, number one thing I like about um, the Mac OS, and I guess this has become less over time, but it used to be, and I would always tell my parents, you know, viruses and um, security and everything. I'm like, if you're on a Mac, 99% of the time, knock on wood, you don't have to worry about it. And for the most part, I think that's still pretty true. Whereas PCs, because it was so dominant in the market, they were just riddled with all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I like the fact that for the most part with Macs, that's still true. And I like the fact as a Mac user with their OS, if something works, it's just going to work. It's not like a PC where, oh, if it doesn't work, you can do all these like things to, like rearrange the things in the operating system or things with the computer to make it work. And like 
with a PC, if it doesn't work, there's probably something you can do to make it work. Whereas with a Mac, it's like, if it works, it just works. And that's kind of what I've appreciated about the operating system. But um, here we go. So, Bring it on, Chris. Yeah, some of the, hot take. Oh. Well, it's just I, I really love the operating system. I love the way it looks. I think it's very clean. Um, however, um, something is small, but you would think it would be small, but it's not for me because it happens all the time. It's supremely irritating. Is the screens, uh, Brian? You actually mentioned kind of like you can swipe between windows and like your entire desktop can shift to the left or shift to the right. And I'm like, I, it just happens all the time to me. And I don't mean to do it. And it irritates the ever-living bejesus out of me. I can't stand it. I'm trying to keep it clean here on Brothers in Tech. With Thank that. you. Yes, we are a very <laughs> clean yeah. podcast. I, I find that just really irritating. And another thing that happens out of the blue that I can't stand is the zooming of windows. And I think that's because, like, if, say if you're on a web page, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it, like, zooms in so that you're only seeing a paragraph of text as opposed – and it just seems to do it randomly for no real reason. Now, I know all you got to do is go up to the view and say, you know, actual size word or shrink it back down. But that happens to me three or four times a day. And it's just, it's it's irritating. And it used to never happen an OS or two ago. And now it just seems to happen all the time. So, Well, I think I know why. I think my guess on why this happens more often. Mac has put, a, the Mac OS has put a lot more emphasis on gestures on the trackpad um, mm-hmm. using two fingers does one thing using three fingers does another. And well, in theory, I think that's great. But the problem is laptop. the problem is Chris is that, you know, all of us have, we, we, we use our fingers on the trackpads different ways or we hold them different ways. So it's really easy. It happens to me all the time too, sure. where I will mean to be doing a two finger swipe on something. And because I've got a third finger that just kind of glazes over the trackpad just enough the Mac OS interprets it as a, as a different gesture and we, does a completely different thing than what I wanted. Um, that is something I have noticed as well more. The zooming especially, that is something where zooming into a web page or a document that I don't intend it to, I normally have to manually go and kind of pull back out just to get back on track. So I think it's just a matter of they're trying to add so much functionality to the gestures and the trackpad movement and the mouse um, um, surface movement yeah. that it's yeah. actually could be causing more inadvertent things to happen because of all those, those features they're building in. So can I, can I ask on that note, just for both of you, uh, are you both engaging with the Mac simply with the, the trackpad built into the computer or do you guys have external m- mice trackpad? How do how do you engage with it, Chris? So I use a magic mouse, which sometimes is not that magical, but that's what that's what I use. And so that's, you know, and something that you mentioned, Brian, which I think is a shortcoming of Apple, is they give you things and it's kind of opaque as to the uses of them. Yes. And yeah, maybe that's it. Yes. If they were, like I, the first time I used a magic mouse, if it just would have popped up with a little tutorial that said, hello, new user, by the way, be aware that if you do this, it's going to zoom in, you know, just kind of a, or you can choose to skip it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and then I would have been like, oh, well, duh. That's why it's always zooming the page over and over again. It's just, yeah, maybe that would have been the cure. Yeah. So that use, what do you use, Alan? Do you use the trackpad or do you use the mouse as well? Uh, well, it depends. At, you know, I, I, use, I, I use an external mouse almost all the time. But I'm also a very, I like using my computer, my laptop, you know, sitting at home in my, in my living room or sitting out on a deck or something like that. So I'm using a trackpad 
when I'm out and about. So I, I've tried to stay pretty limber on both and pretty good with them. But I do tend to notice more issues when I'm using the external magic mouse with those gestures and zoomings and all that more than I do the trackpad. Okay. Yeah. So the magic magic mouse is a physical mouse, right? Move it around mouse. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I know it's it's the one where it's got the whole surface on the top where, you know, if you do move your finger certain ways, it does kind of replicate what a trackpad would do on the surface of the mouse, which again, it's not always super obvious for everybody that gets one. Yeah. And see, that to me is one of the things that scared me about the Magic Mouse. Simply, and it's the same thing with everything that Mac does. They they try to make things more beautiful, which they do a very good job at. But oftentimes that means removing some of the things that would have made it more obvious and you know uh, easy to do. So I, I have switched to, and I know this is kind of getting off topic a little bit, but I've switched to you know a touchpad that I have on my desk because I don't like to do things on the the laptop itself. I have an external monitor, but I'm trying to get to where I have the same experience when I have my laptop in my lap and when I'm on my desk and real estate on your desk is a lot more valuable than to have my mouse scrolling around. So, uh, but I can tell you, I have the exact same frustrations that you mentioned, Chris, where too many touches on something, right. Ends up being very annoying. And because there's no physical button, because there's no physical, you know, aspect to it that I know, click here, click there. I did go back recently to a Logitech mouse that I had, and it was a Logitech MX 1000, one of those laser types that has the thumb button, the two Mm -hmm. finger button, the scroll wheel, another button on the right. Oh my gosh, it was so nice. It was so nice in that I know that if I was going to hover over something and I wanted to scroll, there was a physical button to or a physical wheel to scroll and to click and to right click and to left click to do, you know, application window. It was really, really nice. I just don't like taking up desk space with a mouse that I have to move around. I don't like to do that. So that's why I stayed with this because I had a standing desk for a while. And of course, I didn't have much real estate to work with. But but I think all that goes back to Mac tries to minimize, maximize the opportunities to do things while minimizing the the uh, visibility of that thing happening, right? I mean, a good example yeah. of that. So, yeah. so they got rid of the the uh, what the what do you call it? The sidebar scrolling, right? They they get rid of that, so you get to a, a browser window and you have to scroll before you see the actual thing that you can click on to drag down, right? <laughs> they wanted it more appealing, more, and it frustrates me. <laughs> it frustrates me to try to figure out. Same thing with iOS, right? I have to start scrolling in order to see that little dot on the side to actually drag. So I think they try to visually make things appealing. They're an artistic company, you know, Johnny Ives uh, footprint is still there, right. To, to have everything look really appealing. But I think sometimes that gets away with from functionality and you go back to a PC and it's almost still the other direction. They, they are the people that said, listen, do you, do you want that? Well, you're going to have to install a driver. Okay. Do you want to scroll? Well, there's the big button to do it. Right. So it's kind of like saying, if you if you want to control things, you can control things. Mac says, no, you know what? We're going to make it. We're going to make it so you can do a lot of things, but we're going to make it so it looks pretty first. And and sometimes that that hurts it. I think so. I think I think the Mac has actually gotten more that way. It was all it's always been that way, but I actually think every iteration it gets a little more that way. The little more the uh, we're not giving you too much room to 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 go outside the boundaries and. 
this is kind of the way it needs to be done. And we'd rather sacrifice appearance for functionality or vice versa, sacrifice functionality for appearance. And I do feel like it gradually gets a little bit more that way every time. I think because of its success with the iPhone and iOS, they found that, look, there's a lot of people out there. The 90% plus of people just want this stuff to work. They don't want to have have to choose anything or question anything. And the iPhone and iOS is a perfect example of that. That's why the iPad and the iPhones are so popular. So they're trying to roll that into the Mac to say, look, maybe we can make the Mac more friendly and more usable to people if we don't give them quite as many options or make things as uh, potentially complex for them. Now, on this whole mouse and gestures, because we got onto that, before people start writing into us and saying, well, have you guys gone to the mouse preference panel and and turned off a lot of these gestures? Okay, Yes and no. I have gone there and looked to see if I should turn some off. The thing is, when I know what I'm wanting to do, I actually like those gestures. I like the double clicking to zoom in. I like these things. I don't want to turn them off. I just don't want them to happen automatically or inadvertently so often. That's that's more of the issue. So just try and there's to- not and there's not a sensitivity level like there used to be on a mouse scrolling and all of that to say, hey, listen, you know wait a second before you use this feature, right? Because I don't want my fingers to accidentally do that, right? So change yeah, the sensitivity. That's true. that's true. So, you know, how do we feel like the Mac OS has evolved? I mean, do we feel like it's it's a stronger, I mean, do you guys find yourself enjoying using it more than you did in the past? Or do you feel like it's moved away from what you ideally want to see with a, an operating system? Well, let me, let me, let me say, I, mean, I, I, I totally someone who, this. this yeah, is I, I will say, I am still someone who is absolutely giddy about opportunities that I get to upgrade a iOS. I mean, I, OS. I don't know. I, that's just me. I love when I can see a new feature, and I usually love the new features initially, at least features, <laughs> not necessarily design. So that's the problem, right? When the design changes. And one of the things I'll mention in a minute, Alan, I think you and I talked about it as being a frustrating piece of the newest version. When a feature comes out, I think I'm excited because I want to see, will this inter- will this work for me? Will I be able to do it? Even if I don't do it later on, I like, to be, I like that they're continuing to uh, engage these new things. When they start changing things like layouts and the way that certain things work, um, like, Alan, the windows, right? The current windows and the toolbar at the top of the windows and the most recent update, I think it was Big Sur, I'm guessing, uh, mm-hmm. when this came out, oh, that yeah. I could not move windows around. I was having to try to click three or four times to find a spot on the top of a menu or a window to actually be able to click without touching something. You know, So I'm looking at the Notes app right now where we're using our notes. There is no real estate in that. There are all these buttons up there, but there's no way for me to just grab the window and drag it. I have to really be careful about where I'm clicking. And initially it was maddening uh, and misclicks and, uh, you know, having my mouse get to the bottom of a window to try to resize a window and uh, and having the dock pop up and not being able to get the difference between the dock and all these little things that never used to be the problem. And so when they change those things, when your workflow starts to change, that's when it's frustrating. When there's a new feature, awesome, cool. I'd love to try it and give me a chance to turn it off if I I don't want it. But uh, so that's the only thing I'd say with Mac is that because I'm such an early adopter, I like to see those new features that I oftentimes have to deal with the frustrations that they 
have of the little features that change the the usability that changes and that really really bugs me so but again uh, that's my fault of, for being an early adopter too so well but i have a little bit of a theory on that i'll explain to you in a minute chris yeah. your thoughts your your relationship with the you know are you finding yourself enjoying your use of the operating system now more than before or are there things that more frustrate you now than before now i Basically, it's boring, but um, basically ditto everything Brian said. I feel like it's the features that I do get excited about, but it's the things that they seemingly they don't have to mess with that they mess with that annoy me. Like you were talking like the borders around windows to be able to move those around. It's like, let's make them as skinny as possible. Yes. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. to me, it's like, why are you bothering with that? You know, just don't don't do that. It's it's good. It looks pretty. Everybody's happy. Or most people seem to be happy with it. Why are you worrying about that? But I'll say, you talk about from the time I started twenty years ago using the Mac OS, it just has gotten more and more stable, which I yes. really appreciate. I I'm, I'm completely a agree on that. It used to be once or twice a day. I'd have to reset. It's like, oh, it's locked up. I get the spinning beach ball. Great. Hit restart or you know, hard restart it. And yeah, it's just really, 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 really stable now and has been for, you know, a year or two at least. So I really, really appreciate that. I I completely agree with you on the stability. I was thinking about that earlier today. I'm like, I can't remember the last time I had to make my computer restart because of an issue um, where it used to happen. I mean, you and I, Chris, were both in video editing. We've, we use extensive, we're in Photoshop and Final Cut and big, heavy applications a lot. So restarting was kind of a name of the game for years ago. It's like, yep, time to restart the machine. Things are bogged down too much. Things are breaking. Things are not working. And now that rarely happens. Um, So I think stability has been great. Um, I do feel like some of the interface changes you guys are talking about, my theory on it is I think that they, if Apple had their way, they would love for the Mac interface to be as similar to iOS as possible. And if you think about it, iOS doesn't use Windows. It is a full app at a time, swipe between it, maybe do a split screen, but not get two multi-layered windows and all. I think in a way they're they're putting more emphasis on single task in front of you to mimic the iOS experience. And that in a way, I, I hope it's not intentionally making it more difficult to use Windows and layered windows and things on top of each other, but I don't think that's where their focus is. I don't think that's where their priority is. I think they'd rather see Mac and iOS do some sort of blending in the future where it's a very unified experience. And there's something to be said. I think that would be interesting. I prefer using Mac OS than I do iOS personally, because I'm just more used to it. And I have more, I like having more control. So I don't want them to go to iOS as a standard, but I think that's where a lot of, I mean, but the numbers speak when you've got so many more people using iOS yeah. than you do Mac OS. Yeah. yeah. If you're a company wanting to build a consumer base, you kind of got to go where the numbers are. So I, I can see the interest for Apple as far as a bottom line, rather than having to develop two operating systems, an iOS and an OS, to just develop one. Yeah, that makes total sense. If you can get away with it, but yeah. someone who does a lot of desktop work and video editing. Yeah, that would make me cry. It would make me oh yeah, cry. no, I I do not, I do not find iOS to be a good working OS for me. It is a right. casual OS for me. It is not a working OS. And uh, but again, Chris, you and I are we're kind of on the upper edge of age 
for young professionals out there working in this field. So, you know, there's a lot of them that are editing videos on their iPad and doing really doing it pretty great. So who knows? Well, although I I will say, I I agree with you that they're trying to make, I think they're, they're moving to a blended OS, right? Where this, there's a seamless transition between one and the other as to what the experience is and what you can use. And a, and a way for them to make that case really, really fast would just be to create a touchscreen Mac, which, you know, mm-hmm. they were not not doing. But if they did, the ability to, to go between a, a, uh, a uh, an iPad and a desktop, I think, would be super easy, right? You know, to be able to swipe just like you swipe the other ways. And so I, I do think, you know, they're, they're training us, those that are still using Macs, to do lots of things with your fingers, you know, swipe here, you know, zoom here, pinch here, all of that. I just think if they would allow us to do it with the screen um, to get to that point, that I think that transition will become. So the, the day that they do a touchscreen laptop, I think is the day that all of a sudden these two start to become one, that are just form factors of the same thing, right? That one, you want a keyboard built in or do you not want a keyboard built in, right? Do you want to, to be able to take the screen? So, uh, and or, maybe it will become a kind of a snap the screen off and it's an iPad, you know, sort of thing. Like, uh, but Or Brian, know. does that get us to, if you recall, you and I described our dream situation for computing. Oh, yes. Chris, let us tell you because uh, I don't... I, I, I know all the people who download our show and I don't think you have downloaded. So, you weren't one of the four we saw. Yeah. I do personal phone calls to all of our listeners because it's a, a small enough group. I can, I can yeah. do that with. Um, we described a situation where as computing power gets more and more powerful in your phone and we're getting cloud computing to be so good where things can be up in the cloud and easily work with the idea being that, your presence, your computing life is basically in the cloud in any dev- or on your phone. And you can go and put your phone on a desktop sit- setup with a big monitor and a keyboard and a mouse. And boom, your computer's right there, all of your files, all your applications. Hmm. You pick it up, you could go to another workstation at home or somewhere like that, pop it in, your same exact experience is there. So it's totally possible in the years to come. I'm I'm really impressed with iCloud and how Mac OS integrates with iCloud now. The fact that I can make a change on a file and if, if it's in the iCloud, I know that I could go to another computer and open it up if I needed to. And it works really good. So I think that's still a possibility down the road, but I do think uh, that would make the case for a more unified experience between the mobile and the Mac OS. Well, you know, I haven't, I haven't even thought about it until you just mentioned it, Alan, but I mean, isn't that what CarPlay is, right? I mean, a little so bit it, on a very small say, scale. Let's say, um, Alan, you and I, let's say you and I were in the same, you know, immediate household family and you had CarPlay and I had CarPlay, right? I should be able to take my phone, plug it into yours and get all of my contacts, all of my stuff. It's basically my phone is my yeah. operating system, right? But I should be able to walk up to this keyboard and uh, screen that we have set up for the kids and... Boom. It's my stuff that shows up because my phone's in proximity. I should be able to go to what's a, what looks like an ATM and it's my preferences that pop up right away because it recognizes I'm the one at the ATM. I should be able to go to, you know, a library and sit down at a, a keyboard and it's 
my desktop that pops up just because it recognizes I'm there. So they're all just terminals, right, that we're using and shells to work off of that processor that's in your in your pocket. So for a multi multi person family household computer, it's a perfect scenario because again, you know, it's part of the reason I never really went went to getting a family computer because I know I've got certain things I want to have on my computer and I didn't want anybody else going in there and screwing it up or, or messing it up at all. And my preferences are different and everything else. So that phone as powerful as the phone is getting, and it will only get more and more powerful as the years go along. If that becomes your identity and then, yeah, you just put all your energy and money into a really nice desktop screen and a really nice keyboard and a really nice mouse but your life, your computing life is on that phone, boom, drop it in, you're ready to work. Uh, that that gets me really excited thinking about that potential in the future. I'm, I'm sold. So you guys just develop it and uh, I'll buy one. We'll get right on that. Give us, I don't know, what do you think? A week, two weeks, Brian? We should have something going? Yeah, yeah. I mean, spring break's coming up. So yeah, it's around <laughs> yeah, spring we'll, break. I have a few more extra days to work on it. Good. <laughs> Um, last thing I will say about Mac OS, I, I think, well, I think they've done a really great job with, um, and I didn't think I would like this, but the more I've seen it happen, the more I like it. Uh, there are, when I get a new Mac, which doesn't happen very often, but when I do get a new Mac, there's not as many applications I need to install that are not Apple applications that I need all the time compared to like when it, you know, years ago. I had to install every single app from other sources, but now the Mac OS comes with so many useful built-in apps that I find that about half my, half my work is using built-in Apple, uh, native Apple apps. or Mac uh, native apps. You know, I'm using notes to take my notes and share them with other people. I'm using uh, the uh, Apple suite, the pages and numbers and keynote for some of my work. I uh, use the messages built into the Mac OS. I use Safari built in the Mac OS. Um, there's just a lot of apps that come to the music app I use. I'm an Apple Music subscriber. And, you know, it, it may seem monopolistic and seem like it's cutting out a lot of third-party developers, and I do hate that part of it. But I can't beat the simplicity of knowing that, you know, when I start up a new Mac, if I buy one and I can just bring some, I only have to install Microsoft Office, I got to install my Adobe suite of uh, creative software and maybe a small handful of three or four other unique apps. Um, Setapp, Brian, is the other yep. thing I would install yep. because I do subscription-based software for those. Not a lot else beyond that. Um, it's really fairly easy to get new apps on there or get all the apps on there I need. And the Mac OS does kind of have a lot of built-in native apps that just uh, really satisfy a lot of my needs right now. It's it's mind blowing to me that I no longer have to use Microsoft Word or Excel or because or, or PowerPoint. I mean, you know, because like you're saying, they gave you Pages and they gave you you know Keener and those those things. I mean, yeah, there was a, like a rough year or two where there's like you had to worry about converting things, but now that's just not a thought. And I don't think about those other old programs, those Microsoft legacy programs at all. And that's mm. That's awesome. It's really yeah. Awesome. They have done, done, it's nice compatibility. I've, I've exported things out of pages and keynote and number and, and almost without exception, it comes across pretty, pretty good for people not using you know, a Mac 
and uh, makes it pretty easy. So, so I will say, I, I, if you had told me years ago that I would be using a lot of native built-in macOS apps for daily use, I would have probably just laughed and said, no, I don't think so. But nowadays, I'm like, no, actually, I kind of do. I, yeah. I, I find myself installing a lot fewer third-party apps than I ever did. Well, but let's, let's be honest. It, it's, it's, that wasn't an accident. Right. Oh I no, mean, no, no. That was Apple, Apple. Very <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, no. I mean, Apple has enough money that they, if something works really well and people are using it, they'll buy it or they'll make their own version. And I think that's that's super smart by Apple. And uh, so, I mean, they they have they've always been known of having their own ecosystem, right? That says, hey, we want you in our ecosystem. We're not letting other people play in this play box unless we think that they're worthy. Now they've gotten to the point where they they've got enough of these things to where you really don't need that. I mean, you've got the you've got the iCloud, and all of a sudden, you know, they want you staying in this ecosystem. It just makes it easy to do that sort of thing. Um, and for people that are worried about third party app developers and they're not you know able to do anything anymore, the nice part is they're getting bought out. They're getting bought out and getting some money, right? So, you know, the the, yeah. the number of those that actually. We'll get bought out by Apple when Apple sees, hey, you know what? People love this. We should have that. We'll pay you yeah. for it. Here you go. Now our people get I it. I mean, so. believe me, there's the there's a side of me that hates this. Uh, hates hearing any app developer that Apple basically takes whatever that app was going to do and builds it into the OS. I hate hearing those stories. It saddens me. But I get it. It is business. And as a user knowing that my app that I'm going to use is already built into my operating system and is going to get automatically updated whenever the system gets updated. Yeah. It's nice. I I can't, I can't, I got to admit it. It is nice. And uh, I also tend to use the Apple apps if I know that they're available because I just kind of, I kind of trust that they're going to stay up to date and they're going to work and they're going to work with the rest of the system really nicely. Again, I hate even saying that because I do want to support third-party developers and apps as much as possible. But, but you know, you know because again, we're, talk, we're talking because home users right now. We're talking to pe- people yeah. using this for personal purposes and you can't, you can't uh, avoid that, 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 that situation. Well, you can't, you can't have it both ways, right? So what Chris mentioned at the very beginning of that, he said, the Mac just works. <laughs> it just works. Right. I mean, what are you going to give, what are you going to give your, your, uh, grandmother or your your mother, if you're trying to give them a, a a computer right now, give them something that you know you're not going to have to to have any issues. You're not going to have to install drivers. You're not going to have to go and do a lot of different things with. That's why I mean, honestly, I'd give them an iPad right right away. But if I was going to give them something, they actually had a keyboard, like do it. It'd be a Mac, right? It'd be a Mac because I can say you don't need to install anything else on this. And guess what? If you try to Mac is pretty locked down in terms of letting you do things that are going to hurt you. <laughs> so well, if you think about it, there there's a lot of people who probably don't install any other apps other than the ones that come with your Mac. Right. You know, if I, they can browse the web, they can send an email, they can craft a, a, a document. Um, it's all there. And really, I guarantee there's a lot of people out there that own Macs that probably don't use any third-party apps outside of the ones built in. Yeah. Well, you think about, think about, I'm always baffled. I've got, um, at the university, I've kind of uh, known for being a, a tech geek. And so I'll get a lot of, you know, some faculty that'll say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think? I'm amazed at how many of them will say, well, I, I use Outlook 
right on the Mac, and it's and I and I ask why they're like, well, because I'm I have a Microsoft it's a Microsoft email account or something like that. It's like I have to. It's like you don't realize that even the built-in mail. It's like it's it's fantastic, right? It's incredibly solid. Now, Alan, you and I try other things just because we like to try new things, uh, but. Yeah, they, they just, you know, they just have a lot of stuff that works. And if it makes it to the Mac to be native, it works and it's going to work well. Uh, and uh, and the things that don't work so well, like maybe the news app and some of that, they tend to improve it uh, along the way or they make well, it the iOS version and they do that for a reason. So. That is the one caveat I was going to say is that with any of these built-in Mac apps that they come with, I tend to try to avoid the first version 1.0. Normally yeah. not that good, but um, give them time. I mean, yeah. the first version of the email program they came out with uh, long, long ago was pretty bad. I remember yeah, it, was, it, was, it was tough. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, I think it, it holds its own against any other email program out there. So, um, yeah, I think overall, I think I, I think in general, what we're saying is, you know, we're, we're all still very happy with the Mac operating system. Uh, we do feel like it's continues to progress. We still get excited about new OS updates. At least I do. I know you do, Brian. Um, I do feel like reliability has been strengthened. Um, I will, I will stand by that. I feel like it is a much more reliable system than it has been in the past. And I love what they're doing with iCloud and the, their own built-in apps and all the synergy that just happens with all of that together is working great. But there are still some issues. The whole uh, gestures thing, I think, can be a little trip up. The not always letting you know how to do something or when you can do something is there's still people like us that we'd, we'd love a little more control. We'd love a little more awareness. We'd love a little more insight as to what our capabilities are. And Apple just never really seemed to be very concerned about letting us know all of that. So, yeah. Right. Well, and I, and I think if you if you just compare it to the main competition, right? The, uh, the PC, uh, windows, it, I still look at it as the same between iOS and Android, right? Android. If you're someone who really likes to go and tinker and you want to do your own thing, you want to backload certain things and you want to customize, you want to feel like you're a, a developer, a computer programmer, right? Then, then yeah, windows allows you to do more of that, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mac's going to work cleaner and it's going to work out of the box cleaner. Uh, same thing with iOS compared to Android. Android, you can do a lot more cool things. You can develop more cool things to kind of sideload in it. But uh, there's a reason. There's a reason why they don't want you doing those things because they don't want you to brick your phone and then have to go and get support. They want it to work. And uh, so, yeah, for, for the majority of people and the people that we talk to on this podcast, Alan, it's, you know, it's a fantastic operating system for people out of the box and as you said, very, very little that you need to download and, and add to it. So absolutely good. Yeah. Good. Well, that is the state of Mac OS, at least according to the three of us, you know, and of course that we're kind of, we're the standard bearers. Of, yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> You've kept the three of us happy Apple. So that's all that really matters. It's all that matters. Um, <laughs> right. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this conversation. Thanks guys. I love talking tech with you guys. And I hope this was also kind of some good insight for other people out there as well. Uh, I encourage everybody to check out the brothers in tech show that we have on the mesh.tv podcast network. And I will go ahead and put in a nice little plug to Chris for the podcast you and I do together. If you are a uh, fan of movies and films, foot candle films is a podcast that Chris and I host 
on a regular basis. And uh, we talk about new films and review and some movie news and so forth. So Chris, as always, good to have you here with us. Thanks. I think we'll have you back one more time. Does that sound okay? Oh, yeah. yeah, one more. One more. Because our next episode is our our patented Brothers in Tech Suggestions episode, our Bits episode. It's the yes. one that everybody waits for. This, it's, this it's is the one. one. This is yeah. the one. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have you for that. Are you going to be uh, able to bring us a Bits next week, Chris? Yeah, you got me for a package rate. So like my cool. Food. So yeah, that'll work. Well, you you came with a couple. You came with hot takes on each one of these. So I'm kind of. I mean, I'm super pumped for your bit. Because honestly, if you bring up like Apple Mail or something, I'm going to be so pissed. So <laughs> you better bring something really, really good. Okay. My, my my bit is Safari. Uh, let's see. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian Jackson and Alan Jackson here, the original brothers in tech. But uh, we're trying to grow our family, grow our base as much as we can. So thanks for listening. And we hope to talk to you next time here on Brothers in Tech. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.